important thing to remember is it's never too late to start teaching them and training them about money, and it's never too early. Yeah, you might right. be able to start when literally they just learn how to do math. And that's I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that it's ever too early to start as long as they understand basic math. They ask you to buy them stuff. That's the right opportunity to start teaching and training them about personal finance. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and in this episode of Getting Money Right, we're actually going to answer a listener question. So we got a question from Kara who reached out to ask about some money tips for her two sons. So let's listen into the question. Hey, Leo. Hey, David. We have two sons. One is 16. The other one is 20. We would love to know what some of your best advices or your best tips are to help young adults or teenagers get started out on a healthy financial path. Can you fill us in? Well, Kara, thank you so much for your question. Yes, I think we can provide some advice on how to get your kids to start out on a healthy financial path. So Kara has two sons, 16 and 20. Uh, so we're going to give some general advice for kids that are 16 to 20, but these principles can actually apply to younger kids in some areas and older young adults as well. So before we actually get into the question, though, we do want to highlight a few series of episodes that we've done that may also be helpful for young people getting started on their financial journey. David? Yeah, I think it's amazing if you take a minute to go back and listen to episode 75 to 77. And in that, we did a bunch of really great money tips for recent college graduates. Right. So with your 20-year-old and really anything over the age of 20, this is going to become really relevant because we're hitting people that have recently graduated from high school and recently graduated from college. Mm -hmm. And so episodes 75 to 77, also right after that, we went straight into dealing with debt and student loans mm -hmm. for students coming out of college. And so that was episode 78 through 80. So episode 75 to 80 was really good for this age range. And then I think another thing to look at would be episode 61 to 63, where we talked about dating and pre-marriage and then marriage and money. And and maybe age 16 and age 20 is a little early for that. Yep. Uh, and now that being said, a lot of people get married at 20, 21, 22, 23. Yep. But today, a lot of people are waiting a little bit longer. So um, those are just a great range of episodes to go back and listen to. Today, we're going to really focus in on what do you do in that early stage of life and working with 16-year-olds to 20-year-olds and see if we can really pinpoint some things for teenagers up to young adults to do for their finances. Yeah. But before we dive into that, just one thing that we wanted to communicate is that wherever you're starting to train up your kids about money, it might be 16 to 20, it might be earlier. The important thing to remember is it's never too late to start teaching them and training them about money, and it's never too early. Yeah, you might great. be able to start when literally they just learn how to do math. And I that's don't think that <laughs> I don't think that it's ever too early to start as long as they understand basic math. They ask you to buy them stuff. That's the right opportunity to start teaching and training them about personal finance. So it's important to tailor your financial education based on the level of understanding that they have. But it's also important to be intentional about it. If you're not intentional, it's not going to happen. When Natalie and I first started training our kids, they were only five and seven. Yeah. So we knew that at that point they were asking every time we went to the store, they were asking for something that we would buy them. So it's a great time to start just by uh, 
first starting with an allowance. And then we set up a system that was a 10-10-80, which meant that they gave the first 10%, they saved the next 10%, and they spent the other 80. And it was three jars, so it was simple for a five and a seven-year-old to do. It was based on an allowance they received based on age. Uh, and then, of course, as they moved into middle school and high school, we encouraged them to increase their savings. So it went from 10% to 20, 30, 40% because they were looking ahead right. at that first car purchase or maybe if they wanted things like uh, designer clothing, you know, something that we weren't necessarily going to buy for them uh, or even other things as they were looking to the future, we wanted to make sure that they were preparing for it. Yeah, and that's where you get into that middle school, high school range where it's really time to start saving for some short-term and long-term goals. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we want to highlight a lot today is that, you know, when you get to that age 16 and the allowance stops rolling in, or maybe the, uh, I know a lot of parents will do a commission for their kids with chores and mm -hmm. grades. When that stops to roll in, all of a sudden there's a little bit more motivation for, oh, maybe I need to get out into the workforce That's right. and earn some income. And so starting a job or starting a small business. And as kids start to do this, this is also the best time to start them on some kind of written budget mm -hmm. or some kind of budgeting app that they enjoy and will use and training them that they are going to be the kind of person that uses a budget all throughout their life. Right. But this is just a part of who they are. It's a part of their financial journey. And using this first income from a real job as an opportunity to teach them about taxes mm -hmm. and as they get income to look at their paycheck with them and say, okay, what is Social Security and what is FICA? You know, what are these things that are being pulled out of your income? And where's it going? What's it going to be for you in the future? What is your federal income and withholding that's being taken out just for your natural federal income taxes? Right. So this is the time. And I think that at that age of 16 to 20, getting a job is probably one of the greatest things that you can do. Mm -hmm. uh, I cannot highlight it enough because it begins to teach you basic skills mm -hmm. in society why we say please and thank you, yeah. how to how to interact with adults in an exchange of goods and right. services. Right. Uh, if you're a waiter and you're learning how to serve someone, your tips are directly tied to how well you serve someone. Yep. If you're a cashier, you're going to learn how to interact with people that are having a good day and people who are having a bad day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and if you get it with a good company, I mean, Starbucks was really well known for this for a long time as they trained their employees mm -hmm. very simple tips for how to deal with irate customers, customers that were frustrated about a missed order. And they taught their employees these skills. And those employees would go on to be very successful in other careers because they learned to stop to breathe for a moment when they're being yelled at, and then mm -hmm. how to communicate with kindness, with gentleness, and to quickly and effectively address the issue. So there's a lot that you can parent, but actually putting a child into a job, and yeah. if they're not ready to do a job, and I mean, honestly, I actually had a, a friend that was a good friend, and I tried to get him to hire somebody that I knew that was 16, 17 years old, and my friend was the manager at this place. And I said, hey, will you hire this guy? He's like, no, I'm not going to hire him. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no. I mean, he just needs a starter job. You know, help him. You know, he just wants to be a barista. He just wants to help make coffee. He just wants to do this. He's like, no, I'm not going not to hire him because he doesn't have the basic social skills needed for this role. Right. And really, I wanted him to get those social skills in that role. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe it's time to go volunteer and find somewhere inside of your church or your local community center or uh, down at the city hall where you can begin to volunteer and have your child 
get around adults. Maybe it's even in the school system. Get around adults, learn to interact in a really uh, endearing and a healthy way. And that will open the doors for them to get that job. But honestly, if you can get a job at 14 years old, bagging groceries at Kroger or Walmart, or you can get a job at 16 years old, starting to wait tables or even just seat people at tables and then begin to slowly move up. It teaches you what you will enjoy and what you won't enjoy in your working life. And it teaches you how hard it is to work at different levels in different industries. And you get all these soft skills that are so important for the rest of your life. Yeah. Plus it teaches you about the basics of what it takes to earn money. Most of us, when we started out, it was minimum wage. So right. you're working a lot for very little. So it teaches you the value of money, that your time and how much you're putting in. So it, and, and it's a motivator. Yeah. I, I believe these entry jobs are really important for young people. In fact, I think it, our economy depends on having entry low paying jobs. Without mm-hmm. that, most companies would not be able to survive because they need those entry-level jobs in order to pay the higher-paying jobs for those experienced people doing more uh, responsible, uh, higher-skill type jobs. Yeah. So all those entry-level jobs are important. So it does so many good things. One, it teaches, like you said, David, interaction. It teaches you to grow up quick, quickly, to interact with other people in a in all kinds of circumstances. But, right, but right. above that, on a personal finance basis, it actually helps you to understand the value of money yeah. and it teaches you how hard you work and how quickly it could go. And I think that's really important because when it's not your money, it's easy to ask mom and dad to fill up your gas tank. When you're work, having to work, you know, 20 hours to fill up your gas tank, it's a mm-hmm. little bit different, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever it is, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it is, it does train you up and teach you about being more responsible. And that's what personal finance is all about. Right. It's about being responsible and, and knowing what to do and not, not to do, being wise with your money and not be not making foolish mistakes. Yeah. If there's one tip I can give that you take away, it's find a way to get your kid working mm-hmm. in that age 16 to 20 age range. And and maybe it's not work. Maybe your kid is academically gifted and they're going to get some great scholarships. And so it's still work. They go and they tutor other students or right. they or they engage and focus in on their academics. That's okay. But find something where they're learning to interact with adults, something where they're learning discipline and something where they're growing as they go. It can be sports as well. Um, But I just I can't highlight enough. I remember my first job. You talked about minimum wage, Leo. It was five dollars and 15 cents per hour. (laughs) <laughs> Three twenty-five for this guy. There you go. And <laughs> and I remember working, you know, 20, 30 hours a week, two weeks in a row, and I get a paycheck for $220, mm. you know, and that was after tax was taken out. And so you'd take out 30, 40 bucks in taxes. And here I am with 200 bucks after, you know, yeah. working two weeks 30, of work, two weeks of work. Right. Yeah. So, um, it, it, there's just so much you learn there. I yeah. can't highlight it enough. So as you, as you enter into college though, as you're turning that 18 and 19 to 20, 22, 24, it's really important to, to understand that you can have to continue to manage money. So as a parent, you have an opportunity while your kids are either living at home or away to college, that education continues. So you want to continue to help them to stay on a budget. If you train them up to get on a budget when they first got a job, make sure they stay on a budget while they're out there. Uh, whether they're working a part-time job to provide for some of their other expenses, maybe you're paying for college, maybe they're partially paying for college. Another thing that Natalie and I did is that we required that our kids maintain a B or better grade point average or yeah, 3.0 or better because we felt like they could do it. It was not beyond their ability to do it. And we said, okay, if you're, if you're going to maintain this grade point average, we'll pay for the tuition. If you start slipping wow. below it, yeah. you're either going to pay for the class yourself 
or you stop going to school because this yeah. is not this is not a free ride. And if you're wasting both resources and also time, that's not something we want to support. For other kids, I do want to say this. Some kids are just entrepreneurial coming out of the womb. So yeah. definitely encourage that. If you see a child that's more likely to go and sell door-to-door or sit at Walmart and sell cookies or whatever, then encourage that because there's the ability for them to potentially start their own business, even like a lawn care business or whatever it is, and encourage that. They may not be your typical go-to-work, get-a-job, you know, with benefits type of kid and that's okay yeah so definitely encourage that if you see that and what i would recommend is as they enter into that young adult you know 18 19 20 that they take some kind of business classes or work for another entrepreneur so that they begin to build some of those business skills because they shouldn't learn everything by trial and error Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of good information out there they may not need a degree but they might need some classes on um, maybe accounting classes anything that would help them to run their business better Yeah. And really connecting them with an entrepreneur that, you know, or somebody that um, owns a business or is in management for a business and letting them shadow that person and learn from that person. That is so valuable. Mm -hmm. It's so, so helpful. They're going to learn how that entrepreneur thinks. They're going to learn the mechanics of running a business and, and having the owner mentality versus the employee mentality and the owner having all these different responsibilities from uh, the cost of the goods that they're going to sell to making sure there is savings in the business in case there isn't enough sales one month to hiring and Mm -hmm. looking at different types of employees, who they want to hire. It changes your perspective as you watch an owner manage a business. You think, oh, well, I want to be the kind of person that would get hired here. I want to impress the owner of my future company instead of just be a drag on the company or come in and do the minimum amount of work possible to get by. So if you have an entrepreneurial child, I cannot stress it enough. Find somebody that you know that is doing well, either in business or in any kind of corporate setting, and ask if your child can shadow them for a while and mm-hmm. learn. And, and, and really, if they, if they allow it, you know, thank them profusely yep. and dress your child up. You know, put your, you know, get, them, get them dressed up where they look good as they go into the business environment. Do their hair for them. You know, help them get ready so they can operate and shadow in that environment and not feel out of place so that person will continue to let them come. Mm-hmm. It will have a massive impact on their life. Yeah, well, I believe that if they have that bent they're going to be more disciplined. They're going to be more driven. Yes. Just because that's that's something they want. It's not something that's being forced on them. That's so, true. So I believe they'll do much better there. But I guess what we're trying to say is definitely flame that fire if it's, if it's already there. Because they will probably have more success doing something on their own than trying to fit into the mold of a typical university or college. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's a bunch of great small business ideas for young adults and students, and you can literally just go Google it Mm -hmm. and find a ton. Just say, you know, business ideas for teens. But, But today, teenagers are so social media and graphic design uh, acute or have the acumen in this area that as, as they go through, um, they may be able to help a bigger business do social media or small graphic design projects just based on what they naturally do every day. I mean, that child just being on Instagram, being on Facebook, being on whatever the latest platform is and creating small videos on TikTok or YouTube, 
that may be something that a small business can use. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so social media, uh, selling stuff on Etsy is so inexpensive and easy to do. Mm. Uh, babysitting is an age old, you know, <laughs> income for uh, kids all across the country. Lawn care, of course. And you can grow a lawn care business and do that while you're in college. You can begin to hire people under you, That's even right. as a young adult. Like you can hire high school kids under you that are your friends. Yep. And you can have a business that's moving along while you don't have to put as much time and energy in. It takes a lot of work up front. I of mean, course. this is normal. You still have to manage it. You still have to manage it. It's not going to be you build it and you let it go. Right. But there's a lot of ways to do this. And so I, I won't run through that list, but I can just tell you that this is something that if you have a child that's motivated, uh, it is going to teach them some really cool lessons. Mm. And so if your child is 16 to 20, even if maybe they're not very interested in entrepreneurialism, maybe even just helping them think through a small business idea and put it on paper forces them to think differently. So mm -hmm. I would definitely include that even in just their education, even if they're in public school and that's not part of their education, make it part of their homeschool. You know, right. like, hey, on the weekend, we're going to build out a little business plan. You don't have to enact the business plan, but you have to think through what would it take? How many hours would it take? What kind of equipment would you need? And what would it look to hire somebody to do this? Just to think through those ideas is so helpful inside of personal finances. Yeah, because it is about making money. And what motivates these young kids to make money? Well, Whatever that motivation is, yeah. you have to harness it and figure out, okay, what's the best way that can help them to make money, to begin their financial, personal financial life, but at the same time, to make sure that you're fostering more than just making money, that you're actually building the individual, whether that's an entrepreneur or whether that's a uh, you know specialist in some area. They will have a job someday because they'll need to make money, but make sure it's not just about making money. And, and as a parent, you really have a lot that you can invest into it. Who knows your kid better than you? Yeah, right. Good. I mean, you you should be intentional about seeing how they behave and what they do with money because that's going to be the motivator that's going to help them. So we started out as it's kind of building a foundation for how you train up your kids. So whether you start them out when they're very young or you're starting out when they're teens, regardless of when you start, there are some principles that we want to share. These are the tips that we want to share with you that I believe will really help your kids to manage money into adulthood. The first one is just learning self-control. Delayed gratification is one of the most important lessons that you can teach them. And that starts with simply helping them not to spend everything. Yes. I mean, it's that simple. I remember when we first started giving the kids an allowance, um, it was so funny because the first day we went to the store after they got their allowance, like all 80% of the money was gone, like <laughs> on something really stupid that was going to break in about five seconds. Yep. And I wanted everything inside of me, wanted them wanted to stop them from making that mistake. And my wife's like, stop, let them buy it. Because five minutes later, they'll want more money in order to buy the next thing. Mm -hmm. And this is a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. So realize that, that that delayed gratification, it's not going to come on its own. It's something that you have to train them up. Yeah, learning that willpower young and teaching them that you're always going to be saving at least 15% or mm -hmm. you're always going to be investing at least 15%. Yeah. Teaching them that early and the 10, 10, 80 principle is phenomenal. 
you know, start with 10% that you're giving away, start with 10% that you're saving and then live on 80. I think that's a wonderful place to start. Uh, and then at different ages and different incomes, you can up different categories, mm -hmm. but starting with that delayed gratification and teaching them that that willpower is going to move forward into every area of their career, uh, learning to, uh, stay a little bit later at work and just work an extra 20, 30 minutes, and they're going to excel beyond their peers. Mm -hmm. uh, learning to study just a little bit more, learning to save just a little bit more. Just that little bit compounds over time, whether it's extra hard work, extra study, uh, or just extra reps in whatever you're doing. Mm, yeah. uh, whatever whatever your new skill set is, is you do just a few more than the average person. So that willpower that you build, that delayed gratification that you build at this age is going to serve that child for years and years to come. Oh, yeah. We can't emphasize it enough. And it's also about the peer pressure that all these kids will fall under. It's allowing themselves to create the standard they want to live rather than allowing someone else to drive that. So, you know, make sure that your children are not driven by peer pressure. Address those issues because when they see their kids driving a certain thing or wearing certain thing or playing certain games, they'll want to have the same thing and they'll want yeah. to match that. And you have an opportunity now as a parent to say, hey, you can have those things if you want them. Here's what it's going to take. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of work it's going to take. This is the kind of discipline it's going to take. Because there's nothing wrong potentially with getting that, but it's not just here you go. Right, it's, right. Do you really want it? How bad do you want it? Do you want to work 20 hours to have that? Yeah, absolutely. And now you give them the choice and they'll begin to understand hard work, whether what they want in the moment is really worth jumping into or whether mm -hmm. it's waiting and saving for. As David said, this is something that's going to serve them for the rest of their lives. Yep. So that principle number one was just learning self-control and delayed gratification. Principle number two is probably my favorite is to learn about personal finances. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that every young adult should do. They should be learning about personal finances. Not enough public school systems do right. this. So you've got to do it at home. You've got to do it as a parent. That may mean having them read a book on personal finance. Mm -hmm. Probably the number one piece of advice that could ever be given is that your child listen to a few episodes of Getting Money Right. Yes. I mean, if a, a good child, a grade A student is going to fall asleep every night listening to Getting Money Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're pushing it. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a little much. But, but you know, seriously, go in and find two to three episodes mm -hmm. from this podcast that your child would be interested to listen to. And maybe it's buying a used car. Uh, maybe it has to do with investing. Maybe they're interested in the stock market. Great. We've got great series on investing. And and I would say one that you should pretty much just assign to them is something on budgeting mm -hmm. and maybe not debt reduction because at that age, they're not thinking of debt. Yeah. Um, you, you want them to be aware of it before they run into it. Yeah. But maybe just that budgeting, a few of those budgeting episodes, either starting at the very beginning or all throughout Getting Money Right. You can just scroll through and see several great episodes that focus in on yeah, that Yeah, and topic. I think we have an episode that talks about the dangers of debt. Yeah, oh, so that'd be great. So we do touch on certain consequences to taking debt on, whether it's student loans, credit cards, or consumer, any kind of consumer yeah. debt. So it's good to just expose them to that. I remember we would go on long road trips to visit my parents or whatever on vacation, and we would put on Dave Ramsey podcasts. And, He's you know, excellent. they're three hours long. Oh, yeah. And we would put them on, and the kids just loved it. That's And, so and cool. that's, you know, it surprised us, but they were, you know, young teenagers, and but they loved it. They just loved the advice. Uh, because you know, it was humorous and it was entertaining. Oh, yeah. Dave is very that. entertaining. Yeah. He's great so on you'd be personal finance. Yeah, you'd be yeah. surprised what your kids will actually 
listen to. Yeah. So if they're captive in your car and you're driving, you get to <laughs> choose whatever you want to put on. So That's put right. on something like getting money right or some other personal finance. Yeah. Uh, but also it's important to really just not take it for granted that they're just going to learn this by osmosis. They're not. So whether it's reading a book on personal finances or taking a personal finance course, you know, there are a lot of good oh, courses out there. Yeah. So if you take a course, it could be something that's very simple at first, but then you can dig into, you know, investing in those other things later. But it's just so important to make it a part of their education because, yeah. like you said, David, it's really not taught in schools. Yeah. Well, you touched, Leo, just there on the next principle, which is investing. Mm -hmm. And as I was thinking through this, I put investing. Hmm. Is that is that something that a 16 year old should do? Hmm. Because there's a lot of great advice out there on the Internet that would say, oh, you're 16. Now is the time yeah, the to sooner invest. The better. Right. The sooner, the better. You're 16 years old. Open an IRA with your earned income and invest it today because it has 50 years to grow, which mm. is not bad advice. But I would argue that at that age, that really the best thing you can do is not invest in the stock market and in somebody else's company, but really to find some specific ways to invest in yourself. Mm. And so for a 16-year-old, I think one, that could mean more education. Yep. And, and maybe that's even like, let's say you're playing sports and you want to invest in some coaching and just learn new technical skills so that you can further yourself and enrich yourself. That's great. Another obvious place would be into some technical skills and mm -hmm. training. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say you go and learn to work on cars or maybe you just pay for a, you know, a community college class. Yeah. Anything you're doing to invest in your education is probably, well, it's almost always a better investment yeah. than putting it directly into the stock market. Uh, it could be investing in equipment for a side business. Mm. So let's say you work or you get some money for your birthday for 50 bucks and now you're thinking, oh, I could go spend all of this or I could go buy a cheap lawnmower. Maybe it's like 100 bucks these days, 150, but you could buy a lawnmower and do some yard work and earn a lot more money over time. So you'll double your money quickly if you go and mow lawns with a $100 yeah. lawnmower. Yeah lot faster than you would in a IRA right. for 50 yep. years. I so uh, I think that's a great place. I think learning to invest the habit uh, of saving yeah. and, and, and just thinking of this like, oh, instead of investing my money necessarily in a long-term, you know, savings plan for retirement, I'm going to learn and invest in my emergency fund. Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn and invest in a savings goal for a vehicle. Right. I'm going to learn and invest for my education and, and if you have that emergency fund in place, what you're actually investing in is a habit for your entire life. Yeah. At age 16, 17, you know, 18, 19, 20, if you learn to build an emergency fund and, and set money aside from every paycheck, that habit will follow you. Yeah. And it's a better investment at that age to do that than the investing long-term into the stock market. Now, it will teach you so you can later then invest in the stock market, which right. we love. I would also argue that a 16-year-old probably doesn't understand or wants to understand how the stock market works. Yeah. And as a parent, you might want to consider saying, well, I, you know, in fact, I have a friend who did this. He started putting an IRA for his child. Uh, before, I think he was maybe a teenager. And by the time he turned to be a teenager, he was probably second year in college. He had probably over seventy, eighty thousand dollars into an wow, IRA. It's amazing, and that's great. But he really didn't have any contribution to it. His dad was just kind of doing it for him, managing for him. And I, I guess my my question for him was, what is he getting out of it? Mm -hmm. Like I know the money's there for him, right. but is he learning the skills, or is this something you're doing for him? 
And what you're saying is it's better for them to invest in themselves. Now, as a parent, if you want to invest that money and save it for them, that's fine. Yeah. But I think you're going to have much more traction in helping them get involved in something that will help them in the short term, that will build them up and train them up in the short term so that lo the long-term uh, perspective will be much better for them. They'll, they'll be equipped to be able to do those things in the future. Yeah, And they'll have exactly the mindset right. to do it. Yeah, so, so when I talk about investing here, realize that investing in the emergency fund, in transportation, because if you have a car at that age, you mm -hmm. can actually drive to a job, yeah. potentially earn more money, uh, investing in a small business idea or education. Even if your small business idea fails, you actually learn more mm. oh, yeah. from, from trying, from growing it, from making mistakes. You learn more there than that money would be worth in an IRA for the next 50 years. So I highly recommend that. Okay. Now we're on to kind of the one of my personal life, um, you know, drums that I beat. So you've probably heard me talk about this a little bit on this podcast already. But when you are 16 years old, all the way to age, I probably 19 or I mean, even 20, you have got to be, but especially age 16, 17, 18, researching mm. the college that you're going to go to. If you're going to go to college. If you're going to go you to college. you got to make it a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> and let's say you're not going to go to college. Well, you better be researching mm. the career that you're going to be in and the technical skills you're going to need to get there. Right. Because it is very possible to make it through life and do incredible things without going to college. But when you're 16, 17, 18, the best thing you can be doing financially even beyond earning five bucks an hour, like I was, you know, at a job, although the job so important, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know, even beyond that though, the amount of money that you can save by just doing a little bit of research on college oh, is yeah. incredible, huge. So one, here's just four tips for you. One, you can take dual credit classes mm. in your high school. Most public schools have dual credit classes. A lot of homeschool associations have a connection to the local community college and you can get dual credit for your courses in high school. And that saves you thousands of dollars. Yeah. Thousands of dollars. Like that's that's like working all summer at a $5 an hour job. Mm -hmm. You may have just saved by doing dual credit classes. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, the next thing is to determine the best college for your personal financial situation. Now, if your parents have set aside an IRA for you and they've got 70 or 80 grand set aside for you to go to college where you want to go to college, that's great. Yeah. It opens up some opportunities and I'm not opposed to going to a four-year university or even a private school with some uh, scholarships. I mean, I really can't imagine private school without scholarships. Mm. But, but you know, if you have the scholarships in place, you have uh, some money from your parents or a grandparent, going to a full-on four-year college experience is not bad at all. It's great. But let's say you don't have that and you're really starting from scratch. Your parents don't have a lot of money to invest in this. You've only been working at minimum wage type jobs, so you don't have a lot of money to invest. At age 16, 17, and 18, the best thing you can do is discover your local community college. Mm -hmm. So here, uh, where we live, Leo, we live in Tarrant County, and there is Tarrant County College. Right. And we talked about this actually in our taxes episode on uh, property taxes and how a little bit of our paycheck or a little bit of our home taxes every month, every year goes to the local community college. Right. Well, that means that if a student is going to the local community college, it's being paid for by all the homeowners in the area. Yep. So the actual cost per hour at Tarrant County College today, if you live in the county, is only $64 per credit hour. Mm. 
Now, if you multiply that out times three hours in a class, that's about $200 per class. Yep. You take four or five classes, that's about $1,000 of tuition mm. for a whole semester. Yeah, that's, that's super cheap. That's unbelievable. Yep. That's unbelievable. Yep. That means that over the course of a year, you may pay like maybe $7,000 a year. Yeah. You know, that's when you add in all the fees and parking and stuff like that. Yeah, all costs. Uh, you can pay for college, you know, every year at seven grand by living locally, eating at home mm-hmm. and working. You can pay as you go. That's yep. so easy to do. Yep. I mean, it's not not easy, but it's very doable. Yeah. So, so that, okay, seven grand per year. You look over at the University of North Texas, which mm-hmm. is a great university. It's where my wife went to school. $284 per yeah. credit hour. Yeah. And then, on, and so you multiply that out, that's about $4,000 a semester, which mm. is about four times more expensive. But then you add in living on campus, food costs. UNT says on their website, the average annual cost for a student that lives in the state mm-hmm. is about $25,000. Wow. So you're looking at 7000 versus 25000 and if you jump over to SMU, uh, my alma mater, <laughs> I spent two years there for business school. Um, today, it's about $71,000 per year. That's insane. Now, I, I also <laughs> claim... Sorry, it's crazy. Oh, it's crazy. I also claim uh, Tarrant County as my alma mater because I went to Tarrant County Community College for two years. Yeah. Uh, now they don't call it community college. They just call it Tarrant County College. It's much fancier now. <laughs> but, but I got my two Still years cheap, there. Though. Still cheap. So cheap. So you're looking at $7,000 a year versus $25,000 a year versus $70,000 a year. It's a no-brainer. If you invest the time as a 16-year-old to learn about your local community college, get some dual credit, and get enrolled, you could, just from a local university, you save about 18000 bucks a year. Mm. $18,000 is more than most kids are going to earn through a summer job, through an annual job. Oh, yeah. Just learning to make this decision well will have a huge impact on your financial path. Yeah. And this is especially important if your parents didn't set aside sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars for you to go to school. Absolutely. Would you rather work a part time job and take five or six years to finish that four year degree, or would you rather do it in four? And this is part of what we're saying is if you start at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen and start looking at and researching and applying, then you can do it. You can you can get that four year degree a lot of times for way, way less than what most people think. But yes, it requires work. It requires some research. It requires you potentially taking those those dual credit classes so mm-hmm. that you can enter college as a sophomore rather than as a freshman. I mean, knock off one year off of school, even if you went to the UNT at 25000 instead of paying a hundred, you're paying seventy five. So amazing. it's a big difference. It's a, a big difference. difference. Yep. Well, we always want to remind you that no matter what age you are, you want to spend on purpose, save before you spend, increase your financial margin, and invest wisely. Now, at every age, that's going to look a little bit different, Mm -hmm. but for age 16 to age 20, spending on purpose with a budgeting app or tool, saving before you spend actually is an investment. Increasing your financial margin means even those kids need to have that emergency fund in place because unexpected expenses are going to come up. And then finally, invest wisely. We talked about investing into a side business, uh, into your education, and into your emergency fund. So, it, th- those four rules are going to apply no matter what stage of life you're in. Right. There are four financial steps to purposeful living. You're going to hear it here on getting money right all the time. Say, uh, spend on purpose, save before you spend, increase your financial margin, and invest wisely. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And Carol, again, thank you for your question. Hopefully the answer helped you and our listeners as well. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, either on your Apple or Android app. And thank you again for just being part of this show. We do appreciate that you listen. We appreciate that you share. And you can also share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. And while you're there, please find and follow us. We'd love to hear more questions from our audience about anything that you want to know more about. We'd love to either share with you or learn about it so we can share it with you. Uh, We're also continuing to learn ourselves. Yes. You could also go to stewardshippastors.com. The book, Jesus on Money, is coming out soon. So go over there and buy one or more copies so that... uh, 20 copies. That's right. So you can be, (laughs) be ready when it comes out. Uh, you can, you'll also pre-order. find order pre-order today. There you go. <laughs> you'll also find videos and resources and you can share all of those with your pastor or your spiritual yes. leader. It'll be a real blessing to them. You can find the show notes and more resources at leosable.com. And we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. If you invest the time as a 16-year-old to learn about your local community college, get some dual credit, and get enrolled, you could, just from a local university, you save about 18000 bucks a year. $18,000 is more than most kids are going to earn through a summer job, through an annual job. Oh, yeah. Just learning to make this decision well will have a huge impact on your financial path. Mm-hmm.